0: thank you, Lord, for your love over us. And Lord, we're so grateful, Lord, for the hope of the gospel, or the hope that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for just the wonder of everything you've done in our lives. So, Father, we pray, Lord, today. Lord, just speak to us. Lord, help us to have open ears, to hear, to receive from you. Father, pray that Lord, that you would truly be speaking by your Spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the story so far is that the human race has been expelled from the Garden of Eden, and as a result, they've actually lost any right to live as God's people, in God's place, under God's rule, enjoying God's blessing so now we find out what it's going to look like outside of the garden but also outside of relationship with God for which they had been already for which they had been created for so we're in chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 7 Adam made love to his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain she said With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Cain and his offering but on Cain, sorry, looked on favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, "'Why are you angry? "'Why is your face downcast? "'If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? "'But if you do not do what is right, "'sin is crouching at your door,' It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, it was Shakespeare who said, All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players, they have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts and in many ways, actually, Shakespeare was, was absolutely right. There are many different roles in which we play within life. We, we face many different circumstances and have a variety of people to deal with. But in everything, we must never forget that God holds the script He is the one who directs our steps. In fact, he chooses the cast, and it's really important that we don't disregard him and try to produce the drama on our own, because without God, well, the story will have a tragic end. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, God commands our parents to be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill the earth. So while it's true that that building a family is not the most important part of marriage, and, is, and not every marriage is blessed with children. It is also true that children are a precious gift from God and should be welcomed with joy. So in chapter 4, verse 1, Eve begins to fulfill her name. So we heard last week, that the name Eve sounds like the word living in Hebrew. So with the birth of Cain... New life came into this world. In fact, he was the very first person to enter into this life as a baby. But there's also significance in his name as well. The word Cain sounds like the Hebrew word for got or acquired. And Eve said, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And and Eve praises God for helping her through this first pregnancy, bearing in mind there is no doctors or no midwives to assist her. Her second pregnancy brought forth Abel into this world, whose name means breath. And is the word that's translated as vanity, something like 38 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. And Cain's name reminds us that life comes from God, while Abel's name tells us that life is brief. But perhaps more significantly, it shows us that Adam and Eve have not lost hope, nor have they entirely lost their relationship with God. Despite their disobedience, God is still involved within humanity. The point is that Adam and Eve still see God. Despite his judgment, he is actively involved within their lives. And Cain's birth is a positive confirmation of this. So in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, God had warned Adam that disobedience to his word would lead to death. Yet now it's very clear that life will go on. Yes, death will come, but not yet. However, neither is it very far away. And today the birth of a child is is celebrated. Of course, it should be. Sometimes it's even looked upon as an antidote to, to old life and death. But it's really not that simple. See, Adam and Eve's bundle of joy would grow up to cause a great deal of hurt, in fact, hurt them deeply, and a great deal of tragedy. And as we will see, what ruined Cain was that he did his own thing, and because he ignored God's direction, he made a real mess of his life. And you'll know this, but parents never need to teach their children to disobey. It just comes all too naturally. To put it bluntly, even masked murderers were cute little babies one day. So, it's not just sickness and death, but sin that enters into this world through Adam. In fact, Paul picks up this theme in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. He says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in that way, death came to all people because all have sinned. And although no parent wants to think bad of their children, but every baby has this built-in deadly flaw. So you must never forget that from birth every child has got this mix of both God's image and Adam's sin. And therefore it's so important that each one of us pray for our families and ask the Lord to help parents to raise up their children to know but also to fear the Lord. Now, the book of Genesis is a book about family. It, it, it says a lot about family relationships. And of course, being the very firstborn son, Cain is special. But because of sin, he lost everything. In fact, he would eventually lose his place and actually lose his birthright. Of course, this is not unique in Genesis. It's repeated multiple times. Ishmael was Abraham's firstborn son, but God bypassed him and chose Isaac. Esau was Isaac's firstborn, he was rejected for Jacob. And Jacob's firstborn son, Reuben, was replaced by Joseph. In fact, throughout all the Old Testament history, God sovereignly displays his choices to those who will receive his blessing. And it's critically important for us to remember that everything that we receive comes because of God's grace. And how God chooses to bless you is according to his divine will, is according to his purposes, not ours. And actually, we should be so thankful for every blessing that we have received from him. It's so easy to be critical, to think, you know, we deserve this or this, but actually we should be thankful for what God is doing within our lives. But actually, things sort of seem to be settling down a little bit for this this new family, this young family. And once Adam's sons begin to grow old enough, they begin to work in the field. And as they grow up, each of these boys develop their own interests, their own particular skills. Cain becomes a farmer, Abel a shepherd. And Adam, well, he must have taught his sons why they needed to work After all, work is part of God's creative mandates. And as they work, they are doing it unto God. It's for the glory of God. We talked about this a bit a couple of weeks back. So work is not a punishment from God because of sin, remember? Work is part of of what Adam and Eve did in the garden before sin entered this world. And the biblical approach to work is that it's a privilege to cooperate with God by using his creative gifts for the good of people and ultimately is for the glory of God. So as we work in the will of God, it isn't a curse, it's a blessing. Exodus 20 verse 9 reminds us that six days you shall labor and do all your work. And working is just as much a part of God's law as rest is. In fact, the Bible has got nothing good to say about idle people who, who should be working or are able to be working, but instead expect other people to provide for them. And this principle is seen throughout the Old and the New Testament, but also we see it in the example of Jesus himself. You see, before Jesus began his public ministry, he worked as a carpenter. Or the Apostle Paul, when he wasn't traveling or preaching, he's making tents. And as Christians, we don't work simply to pay our bills or to provide for our needs. We work because it's God's ordained way for us to serve him and others, and therefore to bring glory to God in all that we do. And listen, all of life, whether it be the stuff that we do within our church life, whether it be the stuff we do within our work life, we do it unto God and for God's glory. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So don't work just simply to make a living. Work to make a life. Work to develop our God-given abilities to seek to increase your skill set and your giftings. I think it was Martin Luther who used to encourage the dairy maids of his day by telling them that they were milking cows for the glory of God. Theodore Roosevelt said that the best praise that life offers is the chance to work hard at work worth doing. And it's very important that Adam's, um, sorry, it's very possible that Adam's boys also asked him, why on earth is work so difficult? And Adam would have certainly, at least most likely, explained to them that God had cursed the ground because dad and mom had disobeyed. But perhaps that question also gave Adam the opportunity to remind his sons of God's promise of a Redeemer as they look to the future, looking to a future day when creation would be restored, when they'd be set free from the bondage of sin. But as the story unfolds, jealousy gets to the upper hand, and Cain falls out with his brother big time. Of course, jealousy between brothers and sisters is is is, happens maybe in virtually every family at some time or other. And although it's a commonplace, it also can be extremely deadly. Sibling rivalry among brothers is another theme of Genesis. So Ishmael persecuted Isaac. Jacob left home so Esau wouldn't kill him. And Joseph's brothers well, they intended to kill him, but as you know, they end up selling him into slavery. And when sin enters into the human heart, it produces dysfunctional and fractured families that only God can bring back together again. So what went wrong in this little family? Well, both of these brothers brought their offering to God, and, and Cain's had been produced from working with the soil, and Abel brings the firstborn animals from his flock However, we're told that God accepted Abel and his offering, but not Cain and his offering. But Genesis doesn't tell us why that was the case. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 helps us to understand. It says this, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous, When God spoke well of his offering, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. And the root of the problem is the different attitudes that exist between Cain and Abel. This is the matter of the heart, and it centers around faith. And Cain's faithlessness becomes even clearer as he responds to God with anger, suggesting that he felt, well, he ought to have been accepted, that God, as it were, owed him acceptance, since Cain had been good enough to bring an offering at all. So when God accepts Abel and his sacrifice, but rejects Cain and his sacrifice, you need to understand that Cain is not rejected because of his offering, but that his offering is rejected because of Cain. His heart was not right with God. It's worth noting that in later years, the law of Moses encourages the offering of grain and fruit as well as blood sacrifice. You read about it in Leviticus chapter 2 and Deuteronomy 26. So there's good evidence to suggest that such a sacrifice would have been acceptable right from the very beginning. So even if Cain had brought an animal sacrifice and shed and, and, and shed their blood, they wouldn't have been accept- sorry. He wouldn't have been accepted by God because of the state of his heart. By contrast, Abel brought the very best that he had and sought to please God. Or as 1 Samuel fifteen twenty two puts it, "Does the Lord delight?" in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as much as in obeying the Lord. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. It was by faith that Abel offered a more acceptable offering sacrifice than Cain, which means that Abel had faith in God and was right with God. But here, we see the very heart of the gospel. You are still accepted by God only through your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is only by faith. There is no other way that we come near to God only through faith in Jesus. Genesis chapter 4 is preparing us. It is pointing us towards Jesus Christ. And how careful we need to be with our attitude towards God. See, God knows your heart, and His concern for you is that your faith is genuine. God is looking for authenticity so that you say what you believe and that you believe what you say. To put it simply, God is looking for worshipers. You see, Adam and Eve had learned to worship God during those wonderful days in the garden before sin had brought its curse into the lives, into their lives and onto the land. And they had obviously taught their children about the Lord and the importance of worshiping him. The point is that workers are also to be worshipers. Because if you are not a worshiper, will you become an idolater and you focus on the gifts or you focus on the work or you focus on something else but not on the giver. This was Cain's downfall and it can very easily be ours as well And, and true worship is something that you learn from God himself for he alone has the right to lay down the rules for approaching him and pleasing him in worship. So the fact that people attend a religious meeting or they gather for church activity does not make them a Christian. In fact, it's very possible to have some form of godliness but to have never experienced saving power. And lip service for God is just not enough. Your heart needs to be changed. You need to learn the valuable lessons of Scripture. The way of Cain is a way of self-will, of unbelief, that only produces false worship. God is looking for true worship, worship of the heart, It is only by faith in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we can worship God as we ought. But finally, when God rejected Cain's offering, it says that he burned with anger. But notice how God responded. God spoke to him personally. In fact, he tried to lead him back to the way of faith, but Cain resisted. And even in this tragic story of Cain, we find find hope. Because you see, there is always a way out. And the amazing promise of God to Cain is that he can still be accepted if he does what is right. Even after his faithlessness, even after his anger, He's not rejected. He's only rebuked, and the warning is very clear: sin, desire for Cain needs to be resisted. In fact, failure to do so will—sorry, failure to do what is right will lead to something far worse. And we'll pick up on that next week, of course. But let us not miss out on the hope of the gospel that is woven through this story because time and again we see the mercy and the grace of God in just giving us another opportunity to obey him. How many of us can say that in our own lives personally, that time and again we have let him down, but every time his grace and his mercy has stepped in to bring hope, to bring a future for us, Listen, today is a day of opportunity, a day of opportunity for repentance and for faith. And Father, I pray, Lord, now just build our faith. Lord, just lift our faith, Lord, to look to you, to, Lord, to, to have faith that is deep. See, the sacrifice that Abel offers surely reminds us also of the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. Andrew Murray writes... Of all the glorious things that the blood means, this is one of the most glorious. His blood is the sign, the measure, yes, the impartation of His love, and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ provides everything that you need to live a life of redemption, of fellowship, of healing, of protection, of authority over the devil. But all, too, but but sadly. All too often, time and again, stubborn sinners just refuse God's gracious help. And God's warning to Cain is still as relevant today as it was back then. Temptation is likened to a fierce beast that's crouching at the door of your life. A door that you need to keep closed. Listen, you cannot underestimate how dangerous it is to carry around bitterness and grudges and hurt within your heart because all of this can be used by Satan to lead you into temptation and into sin. And you must never give a foothold to the enemy, to Satan. You need to guard your heart and guard your mind by keeping close and short accounts with God. Ask him to bring healing, to remove the anger, to remove the bitterness. And one of the best ways of doing this is to regularly remind yourself of the wonderful promises of God and the powerful work of his spirit within our lives. So I think the story of Cain makes us ask the question, what hope is there for any of us? Truthfully, what hope is there? Romans 8. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 5 goes on. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But listen, those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realms of the flesh cannot please God. But verse 9, listen, you, however are not in the realms of the flesh, but are in the realms of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But of course, if you do have the Spirit of Christ, you belong to Christ, and nothing and no one can ever take you out of his hands. You are secure in Him. So listen, my friends, let us be men and women of the Spirit. Let us walk in step with the Spirit. Let us live by Him, by His guidance and His leading in our lives. And listen, you want to fight temptation? You want to fight bitterness? You want to fight those fleshly desires? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask Him. Come to Him. Be obedient to God, our Father, Come to Jesus so that your heart can be restored, so that you can be washed clean through Jesus Christ, your Savior, your Redeemer, and your Lord. Listen, this is our hope, the hope of the gospel, the hope that the story of Cain reminds us of, but we're pointing us towards one person, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you, Lord, that you deal, Lord, with our hearts. And Father, I want to pray, Lord, Lord, this morning, Father, for, Lord, as your Spirit works within our lives. Father, we pray for some heart surgery to be done. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you are the divine surgeon, Lord, who comes and brings healing to broken hearts. Lord, who removes bitterness, who removes resentment, who removes the hurts. And Father, we want to pray, Lord, that today. Father, that, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, do a deep work. Father, may lives be transformed in your presence, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, that there's hope in you alone. Lord, our hope is placed in you And Lord, when life is difficult, and it is many times, Lord, Lord, when the challenges that we face, Lord, we say, Lord, our hope is still in you. Lord, in each and every circumstance, Lord, we remind ourselves, Lord, our hope is found in you, Lord, and that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, God, whatever the enemy would speak over our lives, Lord, we just rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and Lord, we remind ourselves of the truth, of the hope, of the gospel, Lord, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, you are our hope, for now and for all of eternity. And Lord, we worship you. We give you glory and we give you honor. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Thank you, Jesus.